What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Mary Reisenhoover on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Mary, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. Okay. Hi, Shelly. It's nice to talk to you again. Okay. So back in 2016, I met my wonderful husband. Um, Within a couple of months, we found out we were pregnant. Um, I had a successful healthy pregnancy. Um, he is now three years old and ornery as can be. Um, (laughs) but the light of my life, obviously. Um, and then we decided that we wanted to try for another baby. Um, well in, on July 28th of 2019, um, we found out that we had had a missed miscarriage and we found that out because I had gone to a free clinic here in town and, um, they did an ultrasound and the baby was measuring at like five weeks and some odd days. So we were like, okay, we'll come back in two weeks, get another ultrasound Maybe I just ovulated a little bit later than we thought. Um, Went back two weeks later and the baby was measuring the same and still no heartbeat. So at that point, because it was a free clinic and there wasn't an actual doctor, um, they refused to tell us that we were having a miscarriage. Um, So on July 24th, I ended up going into the ER because I was having like a, it was, it was blood, but it was like old blood. Um, so they did a vaginal ultrasound and diagnosed me with a subchorionic hematoma on the placenta and put me on bed rest until it cleared up. Well, four days later, I woke up at 3.30 a.m. feeling like I had to pee so bad, like the worst pee that I've ever had to do. Um, so I got up and I felt something come out and I thought I had just peed myself. So I went into the bathroom and I started to pull my pants down and I screamed. It woke my husband up. And he came running in there and he's like, okay, we're going to the ER right now. Um, I lost a lot of blood that night. Um, Thankfully, it wasn't so much that I ended up having, that I didn't have to get like a transfusion or anything. Um, Just enough that it scared the living daylights out of my husband. Um, And then... So we finished all that. I had a follow-up with my OB and, you know, he was, he was pretty cool about it. He, you know, talked softly. He, 
showed all the emotions that a lot of OBs don't show anymore. Um, and he was like, you know, I think that you could still have a, uh, a successful pregnancy since you have had one before. And I was like, okay, cool. He said, if you do decide to try again, just wait one cycle and then go for it. We're like, okay, cool. We can do that. Well, we tried and, you know, we did all the doctor's appointments. We went in for our first ultrasound at, I think it was like six or seven weeks. And the baby did have a heartbeat and was perfectly sized. We were ecstatic. But because I had had a previous miscarriage, my OB wanted us to come in every two weeks until we hit the second trimester. So two weeks later, we went back in for another ultrasound. And that's when we got told that the baby no longer had a heartbeat. The dreaded words. Um, so, you know, we, we grieved. We did what we needed to do. Um, our doctor gave us the option of doing, you know, the medications, wait it out, or a DNC. Well, I had already gone through the traumatizing experience of uh, doing it on my own. I was like, I cannot do that again. That was traumatic. It was traumatic for my husband even, because um, he was sitting there watching it all, and he didn't, he couldn't do anything. Um, and so they got me in the next day on November 1st for the DNC. Um, after all was said and done, I did the math and counted back to when they said that the baby had stopped growing and come to find out it was the day before my 29th birthday. Um, so that made it a little bit more hard. Um, and then after that, my, um, my OB decided, you know what, most doctors only do the testing after three miscarriages. I know you've only had two, but I want to see if there's something more going on because he did test or he sent the, um, the, pl the placenta and the remains of the baby off to get tested and it came back perfectly normal um and so we did the testing and my lupus anticoagulant came back positive so he said okay come back in 12 weeks because it could just be positive because you just had a miscarriage and I was like okay cool so we go back in 12 or 12 weeks later and this was on March 3rd of 2020 um we went in i got the lab work done and it came back positive again so he's like okay we're going to get you into see a rheumatologist and i want you to hold off on trying until we can get a game plan in order so right now we're not actually ttc unfortunately um but hopefully soon. I just had my first rheumatology appointment on Wednesday, this past Wednesday. Um, I also got my ANA blood 
uh, blood work drawn um, while trying to get in to see the rheumatologist because they needed that lab work before they could approve seeing me. And it did come back positive. Um, so I go back on the 21st of this month to get the results to find out what's going on. Um, my rheumatologist is kind of thinking lupus, but also rheumatoid arthritis. But she wants to do the blood work to get a more definitive answer, you know? Um, so yeah, I get to have fun trying to figure out what to do next. <laughs> so much fun, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So they're thinking maybe lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. I, well, I'm glad that they're still doing this even with like the coronavirus stuff going on. Cause I know so many people are, you know, not getting any appointments. Yes. Um, I got lucky. Um, the, what's funny is the rheumatologist that my OB tried to send me to, um, wasn't going to be able to see me until February of 2021. Oh my gosh. I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> so I contacted my PCP and he was like, okay, I'll see what I can do. He called around and asked, you know, who was seeing new patients, when the next available appointment would be. And he got me in to see a different one that was able to get me in, you know, the next week. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Yes. Good. So, no, you, did you post something in the life after miscarriage Facebook page about this? Yes, I did. <laughs> That's okay. I was like, I thought I saw you post this. Did you get any like relatable answers or anything like that? Um, I kind of, but because we don't know exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, it was kind of hard to know for sure what was, you know, what to expect and yeah what is actually um, relatable I guess <laughs> yeah um but I did get a lot of um positive comments you know just saying we wish you luck um you know it is possible and oh god all that good. fun so okay so how does it feel to like not be trying to conceive right now it freaking sucks. Yeah, when that's, like, all like, you want. Yes, exactly. And then, like, me and my husband were talking about it, and he goes, I don't even want to, whatever we do start, I don't want to know when you go off of your birth control. I don't want to know when you're ovulating. <laughs> I don't want to know. He wants it to all be a complete surprise. Yeah. Um, because the last two were planned. Mm-hmm. Well, it takes some pressure of off, too. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And so he's just like, yeah, whatever. Don't want to know. And I'm just like sitting there, you know, charting my BBTs. And You're like, so I'm just supposed to be consumed by this with nobody to talk to. Right. <laughs> I felt the same way with my husband because I was like, oh, I should just like stop telling him, you know, every little detail because I'm sure that that's not helping our situation right now. But then like, it's so hard not to because you get so 
just obsessed and consumed by it that it's exactly. like all you can think about and then it's all you want to talk about it's, it's way more difficult than you would ever oh, expect yeah. it to be to not tell them like hey I'm ovulating drop your pants please like let's do it <laughs> exactly it's crazy uh, well, you'll have to keep us posted and we'll have to do an update episode with you to just kind of see, um, you know, what's going on and what the okay. future plans are and whatnot. So um, shoot me a message when you, you know, when you have your next doctor's appointment and yeah, just keep me updated. But I always ask at the end of every episode, if you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Um. If you're in a similar situation as me, I would say fight for yourself. Don't give up. And, you know, like the whole, I wasn't able to get in to see the first rheumatologist until February of next year. I, I advocated for myself and I said, no, this is not what I need. I need to get in now. And I reached out to somebody else that was able to help. So my advice is make sure you do that. Mm -hmm. don't, don't let yourself wait, especially if you're having symptoms of it. Like I am, I am in a flare right now. Um, so, you know, I'm hurting all the time. I'm always tired. I have a hard time being out in the sun and my three-year-old wants to be outside all day, every day. Um, so advocate for yourself. Don't take no for an answer. Don't, don't put it off any longer than absolutely necessary. If you have to, go to a different doctor and see what they can do to help you. Yes, 100%. I totally agree. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where can they do so? Um, it's easier to reach me on Facebook. Um, that's where I'm usually at. I do have an Instagram. I just don't really get on it that often. Okay. Um, and it's, I believe my handle for that is Mary underscore Risenhoover nine zero. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and I'll link your Facebook if that's what you're on the most. Um, that will be mm -hmm. in the description of this episode so that somebody can shoot you a message if they'd like to. Or um, you guys, you can always join the Life After Miscarriage Facebook group too because a lot of us are on there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much for jumping on and sharing your story. You are in the trenches. You're in the midst of it. There's more to come and I wish you the best of luck and you'll thank have to keep you. us posted. I definitely will. All right. I'll talk to you soon, Mary. Okay. Bye-bye, Shelly. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest, so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. Just